And although we're not ready to reveal anything really big, what we've been kicking around the office is, well, D&D 4.75 is this podcast. This is a LoadingReadyRun.com podcast for June 5th, 2008. See, I knew it was the Because first. it's the day before your birthday. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 Allied Invasion of Normandy. Nice uh, nice subtle working in of the yeah, birthday. birthday. Yeah, yeah. That really wasn't... You, it, you waited like two seconds before well, well, you, now, before now you maybe, suddenly worked Now in. maybe the podcast will give him a present. Yes. Yeah. Huh? No. Oh. No. Darn. Nothing. All right. This week's video, uh, written by uh, Jeremy Petter over here. Right. Which, I gotta say, you know, uh, you, should, uh, you should write more videos, because... Uh, you know, I mean, yes, it was funny and all that, but man, if you don't organize all the locations <laughs> and like help with graphics and stuff, and man, it was sweet. But so, tell us about this video, Jeremy Petter. Uh, I don't know. What can I say about the video? It's uh, a little while ago we talked about doing a D&D video and then all promptly forgot about it. Several weeks ago I went, hey, I should write that, and I did. Uh, with the idea being that basically what happened if D&D was made for way, way younger people instead of just younger people. Right. And, you know, what happens when you take the joke too far. Yes. Um, uh, speaking of the jokes and uh, et cetera, et cetera, um, I think what we should do is go through the video and explain a lot of the jokes that our regular listeners might not get. Because there's some people being like, I know that their T-shirts are supposed to be funny, but I don't understand why. So your T-shirt said, uh, I've found my path with a road leading to 4E. And when we printed it off, I think we may have, in fact, printed it too small. But uh, regardless, yeah. So that's a reference to the fact that there are three different sort of games that you're going to be able to play soon. Well, two of them are, one of them's already out, one of them's out in alpha, and one of them's going to be out by the time you hear this podcast. So D&D... 3.5 3.5 has spawned two other games. One is called True 20, and it's a simplified version of the game. One of them is called Pathfinder. Um, and uh, Pathfinder is sort of... A lot of people think it's like a, a response to 4th edition, but it's, it's sort of continuing 3.5 as a game so that it keeps going even after Watts. He takes the books out of print. So That is an obscure joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I didn't know what the joke was, and I thought it was it was something you know weird with fourth edition or like the lead up to fourth edition. That's even more obscure than I thought it was. This is this is basically like what the the employees of Watsi taking pot shots at the two little companies who have made offshoot games that are not even possibly going to compete with their new one. So, so that's that's both the t-shirts? Is both the t-shirts are, are references to those two other games. The only true 20 starts with a D. Very nice. It's it's something that we've done um, we've, we've done in other videos where basically we consider stuff like in the background or like t-shirts people are wearing pretty much up for grabs where yeah. it's a joke but you know we know like there, there's what, what I would consider like sort of the central jokes yeah. that if you don't get you know then the video is just not funny. It's And then there's the sort of auxiliary stuff which we put it in largely because we find it funny or it's like a reference to an old video or something where if people don't get it, I don't care. It's worth noting that But this, it's more funny if you do get it. This script is ex- was exponentially longer than it needed to be just because of the, the like listings of things in the background and T-shirts <laughs> and all sorts of other, other stuff that was in there. Yeah. Yeah, I was pleased that it actually worked out to like three and a half minutes, yeah. which was nice. Well, I figured, it would, I figured it would be pretty short. Originally, it was, I was thinking it would be even shorter than that, but yeah. it always ends up being longer. Um, so then uh, you talk for a bit about uh, how it's being marketed to, to five to eight-year-olds. Yep. Then it goes to uh, Laura. Laura. Now, someone on the wiki 
took took umbrage with the fact that she was using a Cthulhu to illustrate Dungeons and Dragons. And I think I think that really uh, encapsulates the Loading Mary Run fan base right there. <laughs> 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 Is that you know the 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 idea that it, that it's they don't mind they don't mind you using the satanic or you know the the you know invoking the satanic minions but you did the wrong ones <laughs> well i that was that was tally's joke originally actually no, she, oh, really? she came up with this sort of out of nowhere and was like what if you had this creature with tentacles and we're like well what if i took off this many tentacles and so yeah, the joke that's the, brilliant the joke started as some sort of you know lar- like a um i don't know large creature with with many many tentacles um could have been anything. I think it was originally a carrion crawler, but then we used that later on anyway. Um, and then just because I had the stuffed Cthulhu, and you know, I was thinking of you know what is done in kindergarten, the right. stuffed Cthulhu seemed to work. Yeah, yeah. I, but it's... now you have played uh, some sort of tabletop role playing game with a Cthulhu. Well, there's Call of Cthulhu. There's Call of Cthulhu, which is which oh, is okay. a tabletop role playing okay, game about the Cthulhu mythos, okay, and then which is the coast even even published a D20 version of Cthulhu that was sort of compatible with D&D, but not quite. Okay, well, there you go. So, that's sort of how that works. And, the first printing of Deities and Demigods for AD&D 1st Edition printed the Cthulhu mythos in it, but yeah. it was against copyright. I heard that. Yes. I, read, I read that today, actually, when I was trying to prove this guy wrong. Ha-ha. So, uh, then... You gotta, you gotta watch it printing that stuff, though, because people read it and then go insane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So... Then of course there's the massive damage. Well, there's in the behind Laura. What you've actually got is um, count is uh, add the fireball um, well, on the board with a whole bunch of d6s drawn out, little plus signs between them, and an equals and a line. Uh, and then next to it, on the next board over, it says, "Is this massive damage?" Um, a reference what? to uh, the giant enemy crab attack its weak point for massive. damage. Actually, it's not. Really? No, it, it's no. just it's massive in damage is like you, fifty I, or more hit fifty or more damage at once. You make a, a fort save against. Uh, like for the specific DC or, or die. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Is that a that's a new fourth thing, fourth edition thing, or is that? No, that's a third edition thing. Double reference. Yeah, that's even a second edition thing. But um, the yeah, I was the the reason that I think it, I, I thought it was awesome when I came up with it was also because it referenced the giant enemy crab. Nice. Then uh, when she's wearing your Jedi cloak, the stuff on the background of uh, the stuff on the blackboard there is of course a spell component test listing some of the more commonly known. Spells, D&D spells. Such as Magic Missile, Mel Cesadero. There, I think Wish, Teleport, Polymorph are all on there. Yeah. Um, uh, we actually did... Uh, there's two alternate takes of uh, of Laura putting up the hood. Yeah. Uh, which are... The, the first one is fantastic because that that, her, that cloak has a ginormous hood on it. Yeah. <laughs> and so it the first completely time... obscures her face from the chin up. <laughs> yeah, so the first time Laura pulled it she up. Just <laughs> and it just completely covered which, her face. Which I actually kind of like because it made her look like... If you've read Dark Dungeons, which was Jack Chick's, um, oh, yeah. Jack Chick's well, diatribe against D&D, it made her look like one of the cultists from that comic. And then it's all like pointy at the top. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> very strange. So um, then, uh, moving on from there, I'm trying to... Well, and then she, she talks about Orcus as well, who's one of the demon demon princes from D&D. Right. Um, and then we go over to... Go over Matt. to Matt. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you're talking about... Uh, yeah, so you've got the only true 20 as it uh, starts with a D. Yeah. you got your direction and didactics. Oh, it should be pointed out, Scott Rouse and Mike Merles are actually real people. Yeah. And this video was linked from Mike Merles' blog, where everyone comments that uh, Matt really nails his hairstyle. <laughs> and mannerisms and mannerisms which is um, hilarious because Matt's never seen him but, before <laughs> but I have and this is the thing when I was writing this I originally wrote it for James and Matt be, for and it was Andy Collins and Mike Merles because I figured that James could pull off Andy Collins fairly well 
James was unable to do it, and Graham was like, well, can you fill in? And so I spent, no lie, like two hours the night before going through a database of what, not a database, but doing internet searches for WOTC employees um, and trying to figure out who I looked like. Awesome. Um, <laughs> and as it happens, it was uh, uh, Jerry's... Uh, Jerry's character ended up being the direct superior of who James's character would have been. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Senior brand manager instead of associate brand manager. So it worked out pretty well. Yeah. Uh, then moving on and, from uh, there. No, no, no. no. Uh, just another little joke. I'm holding the, what was it, evil, av- or avatars of no, evil. The exemplars, exemplars of evil. Exemplars of evil. Yes. Uh, book. Yes. <laughs> yeah, which... just, just because I thought it was uh, uh, slightly amusing. Did Mike Wells little... write that book? No. He but should I... have. Yeah, I, I don't know if he did or not, um, having no idea what he has or has not done. Um, but uh, I did think it was uh, just, you know... Just funny having... A little bit of foreshadowing. ...reading exemplars of exemplars evil. Exemplars of evil. The, uh... What else? What else? What else? What else? Well, then, then we go from Matt into, into like, simple math, and then the, the song was originally earlier in the video, but I like where, where Graham ended up putting it. The reason I moved it there is because I realized you're, in your first thing you end with, we've taken it right into the classroom. Yeah. Which, Which it, is the logical point to show the classroom. It, so I sort of switched things around a it, bit. It makes good sense. Yeah. Um, and then, so, yeah, in the script it was one, two, three, four, that's the way we move the org. That was it. <laughs> and I was like, hey, Jared, can you maybe do that up with like some little with, like some little background music? He's like, yeah, sure. And then I get that in my <laughs> in my email. And he's like, yeah, so you, yeah, I mean, you don't have to use the whole thing, so whatever. Like, how can I not use the whole thing? <laughs> so last night, Matt and I get back from whatever the hell it was that we were doing, uh, renting... Renting a movie, Renting I think. Rambo, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, spending like 15 minutes making D4s yeah. dance around Jerry's battle line. <laughs> yeah, really, really, really rocked the uh, stop motion there. I love yeah. the stop motion dancing. That was awesome. I love the loonies, too. Yeah, the, the loonies were amazing. The, uh, the back and forth were like the, the, the D4s tilting back and forth. That was all Graham. The D4s spinning around the orc. That was all me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so just to touch on that a little bit more... Like, originally, I just, it was just supposed to be one, two, three, four, that's the way we move the arc, but I sort of figured, um, well, first of all, I was, I went trying to make the music, and I couldn't find enough in GarageBand to work with that was really working for it, so I then went out looking for, like, open source kids music, which I found you can get about 10 seconds of for about $30 on the (laughs) internet, so I was like, no, we're not going to do that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So then I went out looking for midis of Creative Commons songs, or not Creative Commons, but you know, like stuff that is totally public domain. And I found a bunch of them, and started. I took a couple different ones. The drumline is from one thing, and the 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 melody is from another one. And I I changed the speed and tone of them, um, and then said, "Okay, Tally, can you sing over this?" And she said, "No," because it was uh, the wrong pitch. So I had to change that a bit more. but ultimately, the idea was, yeah, we wanted the one, two, three, four. That's why you move the orc. And I was like, well, if Graham wants to fade it into the background and maybe play it behind something else, we need to add more stuff to it. So I just wrote this little song in about ten minutes or something like that, to just so that we had something to trail off into. And I said to Telly, well, just perform this. And if you know, if you don't even nail the second or third verses, whatever, it doesn't matter. She sat there for about like half an hour, do it, re- recording it over and over and over again. <laughs> By the end of it, it was stuck in both our heads, and it still is. It's like stuck in my head. <laughs> I just like he mentioned work the word eviscerate. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, yeah, not enough kid songs using <laughs> eviscerate. Yeah, I think. it's yeah. true. So then, um, then uh, moving on from there uh, is some of my favorite parts of the video. Uh, our friend, uh, our friend Derek, who of course posts on the forums as Tenson. You know, we're like we need someone to draw 
something that would look like it was in a D&D book. Uh, who do we know who actually draws g- <laughs> things for role-playing books? Oh, yeah. We're like, hey, are you, w- would you be able to do this? He's like, yeah, sure. I, I don't work till Saturday, so yeah, why not? And uh, so there's the the first one is I think the first one is my favorite, which is the Kind Flare. Yeah, yeah. Of course, the Far knockoff away, my of, the, as well. of the Illithid, more commonly known as the Mind Flare. And he's got hearts on his thing, and he's holding a teddy bear and watering plants. <laughs> I was, I and was now, considering Jared, having... you went overboard with the text on those things. Like, <laughs> DVDs, my friend. Oh, they're going to be on. The, I'm going to I'm I'm going to post those pages to the blog. Just, just, okay, good. Actually, FYI, a lot of them is. Like Wikipedia, like random yeah, no, Wikipedia I, pages. I saw with, that with find and replace text on them. I saw that, but no, I, really. But I, yeah. like the kind of, I, I, I like that you got a uh, for the next one. You got a Britney Spears article and just, <laughs> just replaced all the dates with Even Song and replaced Britney Spears with and like replaced her dad's name, replaced that name. That's pretty the, funny. The Diva Diva was for that was in the script originally. Um, which, by the way, it was funny because it was in the script as um, obviously "Hit Me Baby One More Time" era Britney Spears. As a succubus, I I asked Tenson to draw a diva diva, basically like Britney Spears as a succubus, and not not mentioning the "Hit Me Baby One More Time" era, and that's what he came back with. That's well, awesome. I mean, it's like if you had to do a caricature of Britney Spears, that's, yeah. pretty, that's much. pretty much the era I would. Go oh, exactly, for. Yeah. yeah. So, but the diva diva D I V A, obviously, you know, because she's a pop diva. D E V A is a. Um, is a uh, race of celestial yep. in D and D, which I had to actually look up myself today. Do uh, they have big wings? They do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, so. uh, one, one thing that should be mentioned that we've sort of glossed over here is the uh, the character sheet oh, yeah. that you created oh, yeah. with the the so, X outline. Okay. Because in the script it reads Matt Vo, and I do my line about being able to run the game without the use of simple math. But there's actually nothing scripted to go over top of that. So, so I recorded the line as like me reading off the sheet in front of the camera, and uh, so completely unusable as video footage. And we we had no idea what was supposed to go under underneath that. So uh, did, do, we're sitting there at like what one thirty in the morning yesterday. No, well, got probably closer to midnight. Um, both of us quickly trying to brainstorm ideas as to what we can throw underneath that voiceover. <laughs> and uh, Graham just pulls out the little circle with the line through it. I'm like, seriously? You can't even make the edges of the line line up with the circle. He's like, hey, he didn't script anything. It's his fault. You take what he gets. <laughs> I thought it worked out fine. Yeah, I thought it worked out great. Um, and, I mean, there was not, probably nothing scripted because it was probably like I deleted something at some point in writing and forgot about it. Well, I think it's because originally you would, you'd expected the little animation of the, the orc dancing to run over. That could be it too. That. So anyway, um, then uh, moving on from oh, the diva diva. Can I can I say one more? Or, well, okay, we'll say one more thing about the character or about the the monster sheets. Oh, yeah. Basically, what I did is I sat down with the preview articles for fourth edition and tried to remake those monster manual sheets. That was a little bit more difficult because my version of CS3 was a demo whose term has long expired. Yee. So I ended up doing it all in Word and Seashore. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, that well, sucks. it's because uh, Jared called me. Uh, at one point on on the weekend, yeah. and he was like, "Hey, can you, uh, can you help me out and do doing a couple of these graphics? Because these character sheets are taking way longer than I thought they would." And I was like, oh, "Okay, sure, I guess." And then I, I saw I saw in the final video that he actually wrote all the text and everything. But he's like, "They weren't supposed to take that long." <laughs> then the uh, the next one, which I also really really like, is the crayon crawler. That is my favorite. I, I, that, that's by my far. favorite. Yeah. Oh my is, god! The crayon crawler, genius. Yeah, which is the carry on crawler. Yeah. Um, 
which is fantastic, and then the uh, the the, the <laughs> line art version of him at the end of the maze helped the carrion crawler get to the crowns. Or sorry, help the crayon crawl get to the crowns. Following that, uh, connect the dots to draw the invisible the stalker. stalker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then following that, uh, recipe time to make your own gelatinous cube, which was one of my two contributions to this group. I'm like, come on, we've got to get the gelatinous cube in there somehow. Did that uh, did we bought, turn out to be tasty? It was. It was very tasty. We bought, uh, I got uh, two things of uh, gelatin and then used um, half as much uh, water as you're supposed to. Well, uh, you, it's, it's supposed to be one cup boiling one cup cold per pack of gelatin. So for both of them, I used the same amount of boiling, but then only half as much cold. And man, if that thing wasn't a fucking rock. <laughs> which was great. And then uh, putting Jerry's little skeleton figurine inside, which I got some great macro shots of with my camera. And uh, also a nice little reference to bagel time there, with the briefly visible, this is a bagel-free kitchen. Yeah. Which, which was, was originally on my laptop in the office scene at the beginning. Oh, yeah. But the laptop, but, yeah, the laptop, the laptop went, went to sleep, sleep so we missed Because I was desperate to get some sort of linking reference to bagel time in the video. I'm like, well, if we're going to shoot this bit with the cube, this this works out well. Yeah. Uh, following that, it goes back to Matt again, and then you talk for a bit more, and then... What happens after that? Uh, oh, the two... oh, right, the cutaway to us. Right, right. Okay, exactly. so that's all Jer's D&D gear over at my place. Paul, though you can't see Which it, is, is actually same... wearing robes as yeah. the DM. He's actually wearing, like, black robes. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're like, this would be really, like, no one plays D&D with two people. We need to have a third person. <laughs> and someone on the forums rumbled it. That, that is, in fact, Matt. Yeah, with a wig. With, with a wig. wig on. And someone else actually specifically called it as the wig from... Bob CCYD and the Bob videos. Yeah. We don't have that many wigs. We don't have a lot of wigs. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I thought it worked out pretty well. I, I actually wasn't sure who it was at first. I was like, who, who is that? It looks like the guy from the one-up nice. show. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand. We don't know anyone who looks like that. Yeah. And the uh, the King Me we just came up with at the time, which that, I, I love. That and Paul's ad-lib at the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, you're on a snake now. Oh, uh, I cracked up so much with the Oh, snake. yeah, you were dying after that. Oh, it was great. Um... Uh, so that, was, that was fantastic. And then it goes back to Jer uh, for uh, the ending the description. Which? which for the ending? Oh yeah, but before oh, that, yeah. there's a description of the video games, including EA's Monopoly. Oh, and which I actually switched around Paul's graphics slightly to make the to hit the joke drive home a little uh, a little more because you had Monopoly and then the EA logo below that, oh. and so I changed them and put it in an apostrophe. Yeah, so it was EA's Monopoly. Right, right. Yeah. And uh, they have a monopoly, you and see? and you can see that the property they're going after is Take Two, and yes. it's Same. actually partially cut off. But the next one along is uh, Ubisoft. I saw <laughs> that actually, yeah. <laughs> which is fantastic. It's like Ubisoft. It's like Ubisoft, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the Splat Book, which now the the term Splat Book is a the, the splat a Splat Book in in D anD D is a um, is a random book of rules that are created as an accessory to the rest of the rules. It, it started in, like, second edition when they were putting out, like, the elf book, the dwarf book, the rogue book, the fighter book. All those were considered splat books because they were usually farmed out to freelancers with little or no experience and uh, oftentimes were unbalancing towards the rules. So you j- basically it was like throwing paint at the wall as far as, you know, the creation you of really a book. You really had to check with your DM to make sure he allowed the book. Right. Yeah. So hence the term splat book, which is carried forward into modern rules Which I just love making that whole thing come together. The game licensing, the game trademark licensing is a gross activity. Yes. Which, I, I really liked how the uh, the spot turned out there. Yeah, with that. yeah that, that was really good. I basically said, Paul, said to Paul, make something like the Nickelodeon logo with some stuff in the background. <laughs> um, yeah. 
And then the ending you were saying. Well, it, it, and also, importantly, um, the, the licensing for 4th edition is something that's really been up in the air, because 3.0 and 3.5 had pretty open licensing, so, you know, like, I could make a monster book, or Paul could make an adventure and publish it, and in 4th edition it's I, been... I wouldn't make an adventure. Well, okay, fine. So, <laughs> but it's been it's been kind of hairy, so, uh, hence the, the poke there. So, so, Wizards of the Coast has not been totally happy with how open licensing is. They're like, wait, but... But all these people are well, taking money well, off our stuff now. And open licensing is, you know, it was meant to be sort of like Linux, so that, you know, like it would get incorporated back into the game. But Watsy never did that, and they never released any of their stuff as open. So it well, was... Well, and now they've switched all the rules around, so it's it, it, Yeah, so it's not quite so open anymore. Hmm. It, I, Do you I think people are going to keep playing 3.5? Well, that's the whole point of Pathfinder, right? Like when Watsi releases still playing second edition. <laughs> the 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 point of Pathfinder is that when Watsi releases fourth edition, third edition will go out of print. Right. But as as soon as that happens, um, Paizo, which used to be part of Watsi but was branched off, um, is going to be releasing Pathfinder, which is like a three point seven five version of the rule set, and will still be in print indefinitely. Nice. So if you want to keep playing 3.0 or 3.75, I guess you can do that. Cool. And right. And so then the end of the video with the ball was not written into the original script because there didn't have an ending. Yeah, I I got to the splat book and I was like, okay, where do I go from here? How do I end it? And that that turned out being like an emergency meeting between me, Paul, and Graham on Tuesday. Yeah. Just trying to figure out how are we going to end this thing. And, uh, Which I think yeah. was Graham's idea. Yeah, just to be like, you know, how how simple can you make it? Just it's this ball. And then while they were shooting the first part of that, I went to Value Village and tried to find a ball, and there was the big the big smiley face. I was like, yeah, that's 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 it right there. Yeah, that's D and D four point five. The smiley face. How ball. how simple can you make it? It's yeah, it's you're it's as the DM you throw it at the guy, and if it hits them, then their character's dead. Or something. Or something. I, I, I think it's not even that far. No, it's, you it's, play, it's, you're you're like, just playing a game of catch. You yeah, games, yeah, yeah. You're having uh, character sheets are way too complex. That's yeah. true. So, all right. Uh, now, wow. now that was you, like the longest. That was the longest we've ever talked <laughs> we, about. We, video. We've never actually gone through scene well, by we, scene. We had to beat all the jokes into the ground. Yeah, right? and now the video is funny. Yeah, yeah. Or just horribly not Ruined, funny at yeah. all. Yeah, we either explained it for you or ruined it for you. But yeah, uh, what are we playing now? What we're playing now. I don't know. Is anybody playing anything new? I know I'm playing all the same stuff as I was last I week. haven't even been playing too much um, of anything. I've, I've, played, too I've played a significant amount more GTA, and I'm probably uh, well on my way into Crisis Core for the PSP, um, both of which I'm enjoying quite a I, I think I'm on the last mission in GTA, um, mm-hmm. but my opinion of GTA has suffered somewhat in the last little while. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I commented last time that it seemed very like it seemed like it lost most of its drama and became very juvenile after the first couple of hours again um which is you know is it's gta but you know they were sort of promising more what i'm finding now is i'm getting just really frustrated with the fact that there's not enough checkpoints you know like the way that missions are too long the way that missions in gta have always worked is that you know they make you do a fair bit of stuff and if you if you lose you go back and start again and you know taking cap cabs and whatnot has sped things up but if i go if i go into a mission and i go through car chase gunfight car chase other thing i want to have checkpoints between each of those things i don't want to have to you know if i have a really easy car chase or a drive across town with an npc who talks to me or stops talking to me after i've done it three times 
Um, I don't want to have to do that 20 minute drive over and over and over again every time I do the mission. Especially it's, since it's not even a challenge. Exactly. When, when it's just like, like I, I, that's always bothered me about GTA games actually, where it's like, alright, first we've got to drive to the mission, then we can do it. Right. Why do they include the drive to the mission in the thing you have to do over and over again? It just, it just gets frustrating. Exactly. And it, it gets to the point where I, I just go, I'm going to stop playing this because, you know, like, after doing it three times, the, you know, fi- even if it's like a five minute drive to the mission, I will start driving so impatiently and dangerously during that drive that yeah. I will, you know, start just dying before I get there. I do because, that anyhow. <laughs> well, because, like, I'm so, I get so pissed off with it, right? And I'm not, I don't even care anymore. It's, I drive like a lunatic just from point A to point B, even when I'm not on a mission. <laughs> from, from, I mean, that's I, how I, we found out you can fly through the windshield. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've played the other, the other GTA games, I haven't really played uh, four that much, but from what I from what I understand, there it seems like there's a lot there's more of that kind or the sort of not uh, you know missions missions where you just have to wait around for a specific amount of time or, or have to get, wait for a um, an, an audio chunk to be finished or whatever because like GTA three had some of that but usually usually you could be you know, you were supposed to be actually actively chasing somebody or something. There's, I mean, and there is some of that as well, but the thing is that if I have to go through a gunfight, say, three or four times, and the gunfight is not challenging, then it gets to be, once again, I just get bored with it. And I don't want to do that again and again to try and progress in something else. That, Especially when, like, say, the gunfight takes, like, five or ten minutes, and then whatever it is that keeps killing me takes, like, two minutes for me to die. Right? It just feels like a whole bunch of wasted time. Um... They, I mean, and like, there's another mission where you have to basically you, you get out of, of where you get the mission. You've got to go find a police car, look someone up in the police database, then go to that person's house, look, go on their computer, look a bunch of stuff up, grab another car, go to the, go to another house, and then the actual challenging part of the mission starts. And if you fail that actual challenging part of the mission, it's like, well, shit. Hmm. There's my afternoon. Well, not afternoon, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, that is kind of lame. So yeah, I'm kind of pissed off with that. I. It just makes me not want to play GTA as much. I'm still playing it when I get a chance, but sometimes I just feel like doing something non-interactive, and so recently I've been watching some new British comedy series, which I hadn't seen before, and are very good, specifically that Peter Kay thing and the spin-off Phoenix Knights. Just thought, thought you'd like to know. On to uh, my favorite part of every podcast... Askler. Askler. How's the game going, guys? Uh, the game is currently in its third overtime Jesus. period. Tied 3-3 with 12-13 oh. remaining in the period. We're watching, we're recording this on Monday, so we're watching what, by the time you're listening to this, may be the Stanley Cup final game. We, uh, do, we hopefully don't actually, not, Actually, well, by the time they're listening to this, we could be, game six could be done, too. That's right. Oh, wow. Game six could be over that. Right. If, so. if, I was, if I was the team, what are like you're you're in third overtime. Everyone's really tired, you know. Doing it. What you do? Just talk to the other team and be like, okay, let's just take a break. And just like both teams just go away. <laughs> yeah. And like the overtimes keep keep piling up. <laughs> yeah, well, but nobody well, does that, anything. In, What's the record again, Matt? For half nine overtime, overtime nine periods. overtimes. Yeah. Um, but uh, in playoff season, they get a, a full yeah, they ice get a clean full, between every period. full fifteen minutes. So they get a break. full fifteen minute break between each period. But and the, man, people the, in the uh, in the in auditor- this, audience yeah. must be really annoyed. People in the stands are hardcore if they stay for the entire duration. The, well, but uh, the, on the other hand, though, you buy a ticket. You're not gonna, for the Stanley Cup Finals, yeah, it costs yeah. so much, you're going to stay. And you're not going to be like, like go home and like talk to somebody later. It's like, yeah, so Pittsburgh won. 
Oh, I didn't see it. I got tired after the fourth overtime. Yeah. You know, if you're like, because in theory, it's getting more exciting as you go. Yeah. Right? And if it, you're late and groggy to work the next morning, it's like you know, like you, Johnson, why are you late? Five overtimes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Inci- incidentally, this I, is Canada. These these guys mercifully waited for me to to show up to do the podcast after class. Um, during class, record low attendance today. Right. <laughs> Shocking. Shocking. Yeah. Yeah. All right, James, you're in charge. Okay. Um, do you have? Okay. Do any of you have secret forum alter egos? So that you can surf without being preyed upon by web stalkers. Uh, no. No. We should, we should try that. Though. I, 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 I probably we should. Had, we had our Mexican alter egos for a while. <laughs> <That was monster. laughs> yeah. I have my Mexican alter ego with the mustache, and I have uh, Mysterio, which was the first gag account on the forum. Ah, uh, you were when Mysterio. Yeah, right. yeah when, I, when I informed Alan that I was gay yeah. for him. For him, right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, no, I've, I've got my Mexican alter ego although now not as funny because i've changed my avatar but when everybody was doing the the avatars with the with their the, the mexican mustache yeah. i put a fu manchu on my little anime avatar yeah well it's um i mean and a sombrero the, i was the first person to do the sombrero the way the way our forums right. work i mean you can't really stalk somebody on no it. you can't so i mean it just keeps track of which posts and other mean. forums i go to i pretty much advertise the fact that i'm a lure guy in hopes that someone will recognize me. yeah yeah yeah, we're not at the point where we don't like being recognized. Yeah, like if I was getting on the forums and like people saw that it was online and sending me private messages and stuff like that, like a lot, then maybe I'd be like, okay, time for a new one. It reminds me, I should probably put the uh, the loading ready run uh, user bar that I have in my profile on my IGN profile as well. You should. Uh, for Graham and Paul, or really anybody else who plays Peggle, which is your favorite green peg power-up? I think we talked about this before. We talked someone, about helpers before. Someone actually asked... It's the same thing. Yeah. Someone actually asked that last week, yeah. Yeah, it's Master, right. Master Who. It's yeah, fine. Master Who. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so, we haven't done... Have we done these? Like, I'm trying to... Th- no, I don't know. Uh, I, that last no, one... No, no. It was worded differently. Oh, okay. One before. Uh, what is your earliest memory? Uh, falling off a chair and splitting my head open and being driven to the hospital to get stitches. It's the My pro- dad coming in to wake me up one morning when I was still in the crib. Wow. Not the crib, like a crib. <laughs> a crib. Uh, well, I mean, I wasn't. I was technically at the crib at the time, but I was in a crib. I remember at the crib. I remember getting out of my crib the, and like crib being my house. visiting or like walking out of my room when some consultants were coming to look at our kitchen to replace the uh, cupboards and things like that. At one point, huh. uh, but also when I was in a crib. It's it's unfortunate that I mean the. For me, anyway, the, the the memories that really stick with you are, you know, the most sort of traumatic memories. So, like, I, I remember, like, I, I I was I went to the hospital to have my tonsils out um, when I was really really young, when I was like two or three or something. And so I remember I have sort of vague impressions of that. I remember that the toy room really sucked, that like all the toys were broken. Uh, and I remember that I got uh, that sort of fla- thing sticks with I got flavored yogurt every day. Which was awesome. Sweet, sweet. <laughs> and I still eat flavored yogurt a lot because I really like it. Earliest memory uh, crawling up onto the couch. I think I was like four and uh, trying to wave goodbye to my parents, and I slipped and dislocated my shoulder. Ooh, that was traumatic memory. Yeah. I didn't know you dislocated your shoulder. I, when I was younger, it happened like six or seven times. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. 
But you, it, it's better now? Yeah. Somehow I got through my childhood without breaking any major bones. Yeah, I've, I've never broken a bone. The only bone I've ever Sorry. broken is my middle finger. Brief aside, last week on American Gladiators, dude dislocates his shoulder in the middle of the Eliminator, pops it back in, and wins. Ooh. What? Wow! Yeah. Holy crap. To be, to be fair, and they're like, he they're had like, a hella lead on the other guy. Yeah, well, yeah but... Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. but nobody even noticed that he broke. He, yeah, they're he, like, "Hey, man, what happened to you?" He's like, "Yeah, I dislocated my shoulder and had to pop it back in." They're like, "When?" And they have to like go to the replay and be like, "Is that what you were doing, Jesus?" Because you can well, see the muscles look weird. Then he's like, "Chunk," and, and then goes in the zip line. Yeah, <laughs> right, right before he goes in the zip line too. <laughs> what? Man, that's brutal. That's yeah. why he's an American gladiator. Exactly. Not American wussy man. <laughs> like like we are. Yeah, like we are. <laughs> I'd be like, ah. we're not Americans. Anyway, continue. Uh, what, if any, programming so languages no do you know? Um, I have a limited knowledge of Java from my first year at university when I was a computer science major, which didn't last very I have long. a basic understanding of basic. <laughs> <laughs> I have a limited knowledge of Java from my first year doing computer science at UVic, which is right now. Uh, I mean, it depends on what you mean by no. Uh, I, did, I know I did C++ in high school. I did Java in uh, in university. Um, the only the languages that I actually know and use a lot. Wow, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh one. <laughs> yes, there you have it. Late breaking news from Very. four days ago. Late <laughs> <laughs> breaking news for one game five. Pittsburgh one game five. If if somehow the awesome. Ready Run podcast are your only source for news, <laughs> now you know. Pittsburgh one game five, possibly also game six and game seven. We'll let you know that next week. Yeah. Who's keeping score at home? We'll we, let you go in next week's podcast. We live in Victoria. Victoria does not have an NHL team, so we go for the Vancouver Canucks because they're, the, they're the closest nearby. When. Va- oh, oh. When the Canucks drop out of the race, as they invariably do, we go for the nearest Canadian team, which in this case was Calgary. Usually we just go for whatever Canadian team is left in, because there's well, usually only one that's what I mean. The, yeah. the, <laughs> yeah. the nearest Canadian team. There were two this time. There were the Canadiens as well. Oh, fair we enough. Went for the, we went for Calgary, because the Canadiens, a little French. Yeah. Um, so, you know, then when, when all the Canadian teams drop out, we just focus on who we really fucking don't want to win, like Detroit, because they've won Colorado. so many other times, yeah. and we vote for the underdog. So. Yeah. In this case, I want the Penguins to win just because, strictly because I don't want Detroit to win again. That's the only it's, reason. It's actually when I was a kid, I collected hockey cards. So did even I. though I didn't, I actually, still got. I've still got all. I didn't. Them. I didn't play hockey and I didn't watch hockey, but I, I enjoyed collecting the cards for some reason. And I, uh, but uh, I think and Pittsburgh Penguins that, was like my favorite team. Nice. So they had a neat jersey. They were Penguins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody so, loves Penguins. Uh, what was that question again? Uh, programming, programming language. language. So, oh, right. Yeah. For me, anyway, uh, the languages that I actually, the only languages that I actually use all the time and are, I actually would consider myself like, a, a, you know, an expert in would be PHP uh, and JavaScript, which in both of which I enjoy. In high school, I did take uh, a, a semester or two of uh, Visual Basic on the basis that I was like, oh, hey, I know Basic. This will translate. This is visually. It basic. really, really doesn't translate. Oh, yeah. Speaking of basic, uh, I also have done uh, some work in uh, ASP.NET 1.1 in <laughs> Visual Basic. Not fun. <laughs> I, you know, I'm sure, you know, the new new ASP stuff is actually good. Uh, ASP, oh, it's so bad. Uh, I just could not get it going. Well, now you bad know. scene. Anyway. Next. Um, if you had to eat one nationality's food for the rest of your life, what country would you choose? Uh, American. 
Mary, there's no American. There food. is. <laughs> um, it's got hormones in it. <laughs> I, I would eat American, but only for only one reason, and that's because I don't think I could go the rest of my life without a hamburger. It's mm. true. I'd like cheeseburgers. I have to have one occasionally. Well, why not say German then? Yeah. I was thinking no, German cuisine, you, get like, like the, you get like schnitzel and no, it's stroganoff. Like a real like American cheeseburger. That Tony Stark style. Mm, if true. I've been keep, kept hostage by terrorists Sorry. in Afghanistan for six months, first thing I do when I'm getting home is getting a cheeseburger. Oh, really? I go pizza, for sure. Uh, pizza, I qualify pizza as American cuisine at this point as well, because it's not. It's true. It, well, it, it's so far detached it's from so what far Italian, detached from what Italian is. pizza yeah. is. It's the same as like under the blanket of American food. Westernized Chinese food because exactly. you don't get that in Amer in China. Well, you get I mean, it in America. If you America. define American food, there is no such thing as chop like. suey in China. <laughs> yeah, and, I and sweet and sour pork is vastly different. I could go for Japanese because there's a way lot more there than sushi, and I, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I really like sushi. But you get a, like the tepan and teriyaki, yeah, and I could totally go for Japanese. The problem the I have with Japanese food is that I have to be in a real mood to want it. I, like, I, I, I have always problem, I so. always enjoy it when I have it, but I have to want it to. Eat it. If I, I, if I, I could, won't choose it if I don't want it on a given day. If I could choose one thing for Graham not to eat for the rest of his life, it would be Indian. <laughs> <laughs> There's no fucking way I'd do that because it'd be because or sloppy I'd, Joe's. I'd be too tempted. I'd be far too tempted to have butter chicken, and we know what happens, <laughs> and I know what happens, and I wouldn't be able to stop myself forever. You know, it'd just it, be bad. For me, uh, the the kind of food that I enjoy the most, like as a nationality right now. Uh, it is time in my life anyway is Thai food I really like Thai food mm. um, I think I'd probably get sick of it if I was having it every day yeah but I I eat Thai food pretty much at any opportunity right now but that's obviously mitigated by all sorts of other kinds of food but uh, I really enjoy Thai and and the weird it thing is I didn't even start eating Thai food until like four or five years ago I've got two but Thai restaurants like, oh, so in good. easy walking distance of my new place uh, well, my, it's the same ones as they're near mine, probably. Maybe. I've got Mai Tai on Cook Street and then uh, King and Tai on Mackenzie. Okay, I got, yeah, Mai Tai and Ban Tai is yeah. near. And, like, Mai Tai especially, really good food. Oh, so. Yeah. so, that's for me. Moving right. on to the next Thai, question. Thai food, the only, the only time I've ever actually had uh, tofu in a meal that I actually enjoyed. Like, I, it wasn't just I tolerated it. I was actually like, well, this is quite tasty. Because uh, I really don't like tofu. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, by the way, this is Waffle Iron Man asking these questions. Uh, what is your favorite part of the video-making process? Uh, for me, writing. Like, uh, collaborative writing for me. Mm. I mean, it's it, it's really amazing to to write a video and then see it. Yeah, for real a week later. Yeah, the, know, the watching is the favorite part of the, <laughs> the, the, the video making done. process for me. Not not for the obvious reasons, but because of the the sense of accomplishment that comes with it, and knowing that we've banded together and created something, and and that something is really good. Yeah, seeing seeing stuff come together in general is yeah. really awesome. Yeah. Seeing, I, like I really really enjoy seeing completed product. I do get a big charge out of writing though. Like I feel like it's weird. Like I if I'm just you know going along in my day, you know doing my job and everything. Uh, if I if I write a script in a day, or or or, uh, or you know finish a script, uh, that day I feel like I've accomplished way more in that day than than even even if I I had like done a lot of actual work that pays me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, if yeah. I've done a script, I'm like, man, today was an awesome, successful, productive day. Using that as an example, yeah, I feel I, yeah, probably 
writing. I do really, despite it being a huge bitch sometimes, depending on, on the nature of the video, I really enjoy editing because I can play around with stuff and move things around the computer and, and do a that, lot of really creative stuff in that. That that's And you really are, you know, fine doing the final output of what the video is going to look like. Yeah, right? so it's, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, definitely, definitely writing. Having said that, that's one of the reasons I enjoy doing, like, The Fail House so much because it's, you're basically writing on the spot and just sort of having a lot of fun doing it. Like, I wouldn't consider writing sort of in any sort of classical sense because you're basically just, just sort of bullshitting right there. And then the editing is not really that. But I, I do enjoy doing the fail house. But, uh, yeah, if I had to pick something, like, if I had to pick, like, one thing to do as a job, because if you're not, like, unless you're Robert Rodriguez, you don't do your own editing and shooting and writing and directing and all that. Um, I think probably the writing, because mm-hmm. I don't think I'd want to, I don't think I want to edit other people's things for my entire career. No, no. But that'd be... definitely, definitely writing. Yeah. Ah, okay. Um, I'll field this question. And the question, you'll see why in a moment. Well, the, uh, are the driving laws different? Well, it's kind of a two-part question. Are the driving laws different in Canada, or do you just not feel like getting your driver's licenses? Uh, Indeed. Um, the overwhelming majority of people in our group who don't have their uh, their driver's license do, don't have have their driver's license because it's goddamn hard to get one here. Um, it's not hard to get. Well, it's, it's a not pain hard. It's just a pain it's, in the ass. It's pretty um, hard for me to get one. I also well, don't yeah. like it. It's just it's more. In in Canada, it's not like, or at least in BC, it's not difficult. It's just time consuming. Extremely like, time. It's consuming. just the the actual the actual like exam is not that hard. It's no. just there's no physical way to get a driver's license to get a full license in less than like three years. Well, now, it, I mean, the, the simple fact is is that if all of us had gone out on our 16th birthday, things would have been a hell of a lot yeah, easier. If all of us had gone out, and, well, with the exception perhaps of Graham. No, not um, even Graham. If Graham, no, Graham would have been, no, under, June, would have been fully June, under the... I was just on the wrong side of that. He would have been on the full-blown graduated yeah. licensing. Just For like, when, though? The, the, the original one. Mine but, was the year that they changed it to graduated licensing, and my birthday was in June, so I got oh, pretty hosed. okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Not that you were going for it anyway. Fuck no. Um, but anyhow... The, I'd have it by now if I was. The way licensing works in Canada for a learning driver is at BC. the age of 16... In or BC. Sorry, in BC. Although... Like, six of the ten provinces have a graduated licensing system that's essentially based off ours. Except for um, Alberta. But, uh, yeah, Alberta. No, yeah, farmers. <laughs> um, anyhow, at 16, you can go to a driver service center in BC and apply to get a driver's license. At that point, you're given an interim permit, which lasts usually about two weeks until your driver's license card arrives. And uh, when your card arrives, it has a red bar across the top, and it has certain restrictions applied to it. Those restrictions are that for one year... As of the issue date of that license, you are not permitted to drive alone in a car. So you must have at least one other person in the car who is a fully licensed driver over the age of 25 basically watching you drive for the entire time you're in the car. The idea being Um, you're driving around with your parents while they teach you how to fucking drive. Yes. Um, Now, you can... uh, I can't remember exactly how it works. I think you get a shortened novice stage now if you take an accredited driving school. You get six Um, months off your novice. Yeah. Uh, basically, the the idea there is that the longer you have with supervised driving, the better driver, driver, safer driver you'll be in the long run. So they try they force everybody into this year long length of being in your supervised driving stage. Which, After that, which year, I will personally say is bullshit. Uh, yeah, but because the simple fact the statistics is, say different. Well, yes, but the simple fact is is that you cannot you the ICBC cannot sort of say. 
um, I can trust who is supervising you, right? It's it, it has no like my dad when I drove around with my dad when I had my learners. It's not like he was teaching me how to drive. He was sitting there making phone calls, doing paperwork because I was his basic chauffeur yeah, at this point. The, uh, the like the, the differentiating differentiating factor there is though that. You weren't driving your dad around at 700 miles an hour with three friends hanging out the back No, I realize that. Um, which is what they're trying to curb. Um, at any rate, at the end of your year, you can then uh, go and do a, an intermediary road test, which gets you your novice license. And uh, the novice license lasts two years at this point, but can be reduced by six months with uh, training at an accredited driving school. And uh, for those two years... Uh, you are only permitted to have one passenger in the car with you at any given point in time, in, unless unless you have a supervisor in the car with you, or they are a of your family immediate, member, immediate or they are immediate family, family, family members. Member. Yeah, um, and the uh, the only restriction on that license. Sorry, the other restriction on the learner's license is you can't drive between the hours of twelve and four. Oh. Is it for twelve and five? Twelve and four and five. Yeah, yeah twelve and four, twelve and five. And the other bizarre. Uh, a novice, yeah, a novice. You can drive any time of day, but you're only allowed one person in the car unless you're an immediate family member or a supervisor, and you are not allowed to have any mm. blood alcohol level whatsoever like at all. Um, blowing even a single point over the over zero <laughs> is reason to have your license revoked. If you, uh, getting, I think, two tickets in any one of your learners or novice stages will ha- result in a revocation of your license, or getting a DUI will have result in a revocation of your license. If you have your license revoked, you get to start the whole process over again. And that's and after two years, three years novice. after, uh, yeah, and after two years at your novice, you get to go do another road test, another road test, and uh, then they give you your, your full license. It's gay, basically. And One that of... last road test is apparently like ridiculously difficult. No, it's no. not that hard. No? It's like, it's about forty minutes long, um, and if you get the X number of demerits, they don't pass you. It's really if you're at if you're even a competent driver, like barely competent, you'll pass, pass it. Yeah. Um, I don't understand how people fail this. Well, I, knowing where I work, I do understand how people fail this test, but it boggles my mind that there are people out there that drive that badly. Basically, it's all a bunch yeah, of... Yeah, so problems. now, apparently, this is the, uh, the Driver drive. Safety BC podcast. Yeah, podcast. I just realized that, uh, you know, dropping again that it's my birthday on Friday, I'm going to be 24. And, still and if I go in and do that, like, on my birthday... It, I'll be 27 before I have a full life. Which you really should get on at some point. Yeah. Like, you will, like honestly. Yeah, you do really kind of need to eventually get yeah. that. <laughs> uh, again, point of reminder, I'm a fully licensed driver over the age of 25. Yeah, yeah. Matt could teach you how to drive. Yeah, I, not only can I teach you how to drive, I can also be your supervisor. Yeah. All right. Basically, it's a whole bunch of gay. Unless you're, you of know, course, sixteen. And you would 20. have to supply an automatic transmission car because there's no fucking way I'm teaching you to drive in the standard. Fair enough. Continue Moving on. on. What dot SID player composer do you use for the Commodore sixty four music? Sid Play and the high quality high. Fuck. What's it stand for? H S D B. The high quality Sid database, I believe it is, or Sid archive. On Lemon64. Yeah, go to Lemon64.com and uh, get Sid Play. It's good. Well, you, the, go. uh, you Sid Play for Mac. I'm sure there's one for PC as well. Okay. Uh, if you could have any two superpowers combined together, which would you have? Combined together? Mm. Mind control and invisibility. Moving on. 
My 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 two superpowers were the Deadpool combo of having a an excellent healing factor and the ability to be witty in even the worst situations. I don't, I don't think that's a superpower. That's not a superpower. <laughs> He's pretty super that's at it. Charisma, <laughs> flight ability. Continuing on. Okay. Paul, do you want to answer that? Uh, I think we answered. Ooh, flight and phasing. There's a good Ooh, one. Flight uh, and phasing. That'd be that pretty much get wherever you want. Exactly. Uh, okay. Um, Captain Carrot Iron Founderson, a 300 Spartan, or Alien Queen, the G-Man, and Arteus. Is that Adderus? How do you pronounce that? Atreus. Atreus? Right. Get into a triathlon, and what place would they come? Atreus. Atreus from From Mist? He's like an old guy. (laughs) Okay, so Captain Carrot from the Discworld. Unless he can, like, write a book about the ending and then jump through the Okay, so sorry. Sorry, one second. So it's Captain Carrot. 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 A 300 Spartan. Just the the alien queen. Uh The G Man. Uh And then Atreus, or whatever you pronounce it. So if we're we're uh, talking Atreus from. Triathlon? Yeah, triathlon. Hold on a second. I've got the answer. The alien queen kills and eats them all, <laughs> yeah. and places first by default. I don't think so. No one else. Okay, finishes. what's, what's first I, in I triathlon? Actually, G-Man probably G- G-Man doesn't get probably eaten. probably stops triathlon time. Is, is it swimming is... first? Uh, swim, bike, run. Swim, okay. bike, run. Yeah. So swimming. Let's see here. Uh, Captain Carrot, no problem. Three hundred parts. Spartan, no problem. No problem. Yeah. Alien, uh, queen. alien queen. Can they swim? I uh, yes, they can. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. Yes, the yes. queen, though. Uh, the queen is pretty giant and largely non-motile. Uh, yeah, no, she, she, if she separates from her egg sac, she's alien, pretty mobile. Alien 2, she's running around. Okay, yeah. well, we'll, we'll assume that and she's she left can, her egg sac behind. She can go okay. around in space, too. Okay, so, so yeah, okay, fine. She's probably uh, okay. The G-Man. G-Man? I don't think he's that... He, uh, see, the trick with G-Man, like, I think, wiry, I think the, the implication here with G-Man is because you never see G-Man go anywhere, but he's always in front of you. Yeah, he's so always ahead of you. Presumably he's faster than Gordon Freeman somehow. Uh, well, Jared just raised an interesting point. He can stop time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, but assuming that, or know, at least phase interdimensionally. Yeah. yeah In which case, he's already at the finish line. That's using cheating, a, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't say they had to do it right. Actually, using any sort of special powers, I don't know. G Man's wiry. I don't think he'd do as well on the swimming. Atrus is an old dude. G Man, yeah, without the without the book power, he'd stroke out. G Man can also just get Gordon Freeman to do it by proxy. That's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Spoilers, uh, Jared. God, G Man might totally just be like sitting on Gordon Freeman's shoulders. And <laughs> the Viking once again, Captain Carrot and the Spartan, no problem. problem. I can't see the alien queen on a bike. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be hilarious. Queen on a bike, no. No, uh, but, well, what if it, if it's you know if they're doing triathlon? Presumably, she has like a specially modified a- alien bike. bike. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. We're making a lot of concessions. Yeah, at this point, I really think it comes down to Captain Carrot and the Spartan, and I'm going to go with Captain Carrot because. Uh, uh, well, I don't know. Uh, I, I, well, but I would go with Captain Carrot because the Spartan so has never so. seen a bike. And, and we're not talking True. like Leonidas, right? We're just yeah. talking a generic Spartan. One of the 300. Which, are, I mean, yeah. you know, obviously they are pretty buff, but... I know, if you read, if you read about Captain Carrot in the Discworld, uh, there's not a lot that can stop the guy. No. He's also probably taller than most of the Spartans, too. Mm. He's a buff dude. He's pretty big. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so do we want to? Uh, are we going to call it for Captain Carrot? Yeah. Just for, go okay, we're going to make this the last one because my battery's <laughs> running out here. Um, this is an interesting question. Uh, if you could go back to 1999 and be Bernie Stoller, the head of Sega America, what would you do to save the Dreamcast, and how would you defeat the PS2? I would make it more powerful and delay it two years and launch it just just immediately before the PS2 when the market was ready to upgrade their systems. As opposed to in 1999, when everybody had just bought N64s and had just seen the announcement of the PS2 
and then saw this Dreamcast and were like, I'm not spending my money on that because the PS2 is just around the corner. I, I just spent my PS2 game was actually announced. PS2 was actually announced on um, on the Dreamcast North American release date. I, I think we actually all know uh, the marketing strategy yeah. that would have made the Dreamcast successful. Mm-hmm. Bring back Segaton Sanshiro. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they blew him up, but he could totally survive that. Yeah, it's yeah. true. But if they just managed to somehow bring back Segata, I, 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 Segata I Sanshiro could, could solve all their problems. Uh, I only found out about Segata Sanshiro like a couple months ago, but I, I want to buy... A, a Sega Saturn, even though they're not available. <laughs> it's true. It's yeah, man, that guy's rad. But uh, you have anything to add to that one? I don't know. I'm 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 thoughtful. After I, next week, I don't I'm, know. A, I'm, I'm actually a pretty good. I, realistic answer. I'm actually pretty. Uh, I think I think Sega actually made a good decision to because now because they 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 got out before Xbox came in. So, net, like, if they were still going, there'd be four consoles. Well, and, and so, like, like I think Sega... I mean, Sega's best thing always was its games. And so I think... <laughs> not so much anymore. Well, yeah. but, but, like, Sonic Team is awesome. No, they're not. Not so much well, anymore. <laughs> okay, they were. The, I mean, but, but so, so I, I, think, I think concentrating on their thing, because, uh, you know, I'm surprised that there's even enough market share for three consoles, but four consoles... Yeah, pretty ridiculous. Yeah, it would have been too much. I, the the demise of the Dreamcast did pretty much directly lead to the birth of the Xbox, right? I mean, like, you've got Microsoft CE showed up on the Dreamcast, and, you know, Peter Moore went over from Sega to work on the Xbox. Um, the controllers are fun. So, the so, controllers. Yeah. so Microsoft basically hired away a ton of the the Sega people? Who were well, they, they're their top executive at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, I, I mean, like, it... They, a lot of, there was a lot of Sega support for the Dreamcast before anyone else was, or not the Dreamcast, but the Xbox before anyone else was really supporting it. I mean, I I think that if I was to give them, you know, advice, it would have been, yeah, spec it up, make it more powerful, release it around the same time as the PS2, and call it the Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, the Xbox not actually that successful a product for Microsoft. It was, it was right? pretty successful. I mean, it lost a ton of money, but it did exactly what they were trying to do with it, which was. They bought market share to the tune of two billion dollars. They're just trying to break into the market. Yes, they they, yeah. they at no point during the entire life cycle of the Xbox, from inception to execution, did Microsoft ever plan to do anything with that console but lose an astonishing amount of money. But but what I'm what I'm saying is that's probably not <laughs> that a was good business plan. That, that, was, that probably wasn't a good market a strategy that Sega should have gone for. No, Sega you would know, have died. Mo- but, most people uh, can't Microsoft just lose two billion dollars. But Sega had the mind fun. share at that point, right? Yes. That's, I mean, Matt, it was it was partially timing, but also there was the whole the the fact that the CDs were really easy to rip. Oh yeah, and they I mean, had no they, copy protection. They lost as a combination of really poor timing, really poor marketing, and really poor copy protection. Yeah, the fact that they couldn't get EA to publish on their console because it was too soon, and they were making zillions off the PlayStation. Yeah. So. Yeah. Basically. In summation, you should all come back next week because next week's podcast is going to be pretty fantastic. We can't tell you too much about it right now. What we can tell you is it's this ball.